Um, I, I want to bring back into the fold my good friend, Brett Waters, and not because of his love for fish tacos, but because he launched an accelerator uh, at the beginning of COVID called Fourthly, uh, which is designed to help coach companies to get them ready. Um, and what I find when I meet startups, because I think accelerators and lawyers are sometimes the first line of, of advisors that, uh, that come to meet with startups, is that they, they need three things. They need a legal structure, um, they need capital, and then they need a finance function. And, and with those three things, I think they can be launched and, and get on the road to success. And um, Brett, I'd love to hear from you about what is the appropriate time to join Fourthly or another accelerator and how you sit in the ecosystem. Brett? Yeah, thanks, Louis. So, um, <clears throat> so honestly, Fourthly was kind of a COVID thing that uh, I last spring, I like a lot of people, I had um, trips all over the world planned. Um, uh, most of them were speaking gigs and my wife was gonna tag along because we recently became empty nesters and it sounded like fun. And then uh, COVID hit and all of my speaking engagements got canceled. Um, and so I thought to myself, you know what? I've always thought about doing an accelerator um, and now's the right time because I'll just do it on Zoom because everything's on Zoom now. <laughs> and in particular, part of, the, uh, part of the idea is I think one of the interesting things about right now, the, the World Economic Forum says we're entering the fourth industrial revolution. And one of the things that makes this industrial re revolution different from the previous three is that it's very, it's very decentralized, right? It's happening all over the world. Whereas, you know, the last 40 years, Silicon Valley has been the center of everything, center of the IT revolution. But today, you, you've got centers of innovation and centers of entrepreneurship in Austin and in, in at New York and in Tel Aviv and in Berlin and in London, in Florianopolis, Brazil. So um, there's clusters of innovation, clusters of, of entrepreneurship and clusters of capital all over the world today. And, um, and so... You know, I thought that's a pretty good kind of driver for doing an accelerator that is Zoom based rather than, you know, having to be Silicon Valley residence based. Um, did I answer your question or not, Louis? I'm sorry. Oh, no, that's a, that's a great start. And, and um, I think that you, like me, often get the question um, and people probably try and engage with you like they try and engage with me so that they can get introduced to somebody like Karen or Eugene sure. or, or Raymond. And, yeah. um, you know, when somebody approaches me and, and asks me for that, I turn it around and ask them, are you ready? And Brett, right. I'd love to hear right. from you. Yeah, this is a great topic. What do you think it requires to be ready for an introduction to Eugene, Raymond, or Karen? Right. Yeah, so I'll start by saying that, um, you know, one of the most common questions I get, and certainly in my work at uh, teaching young entrepreneurs at Stanford is, is how do I meet an investor, right? That that's, you know, all the young people want to know is how, just how do I meet an investor? Just, just tell me how. Um, and, you know, the reality is, as Karen said, that usually those introductions happen organically. They happen through social networks. Um, you know, I've, I've raised a fair amount of, of capital in my career, and I think every investor I've ever had is somebody I either knew socially or was introduced to me by somebody I knew socially. That's the reality of how it happens. And so when people ask me, how do I find an investor? I always say, you know, just get out there, meet people, network with people, 
um, and ask for introductions. So that's uh, one part of the answer to your question. And, you, and then the other part of your question had to do with uh, what do you do to get ready? So in a nutshell, I, I think, and of course the, the investors on the call can jump in on this, but I think ultimately you, you want to see proof of market demand, right? That um, everybody's got a great idea. The question is, um, you know, which, which ones can execute and which ones have demonstrated some sort of empirical proof of market demand. Um, and, um, and so, you know, the best way to prove market demand is to have to is to have a million a million paying customers, right? That would be the best proof. But for most people, we're not there yet. We don't yet have a million paying customers. So what can we have that are kind of proxies for that? So can we show a lot of user growth? Can we show um, can we show um, that we have LOIs from major companies saying that they will buy this when it's ready? Do we have um, you know do we have a wait a waiting list of people? wanting to join the beta. All of those things might be indicators of market demand. Uh, because everybody's gonna walk in and say to an investor, this is an awesome idea and everybody's gonna wanna be a customer. But what an investor is looking for is some sort of empirical proof of that. All right. So um, I, I wanna remind everybody in the audience that we have a Q&A function. It is the most fun on these things if you can all jump in with questions. And I'm gonna remind my fellow panelists that they should uh, jump in and disagree with each other. The more disagreeing, the better. Um, and, and with that, I'm gonna ask uh, Eugene to comment on the current market conditions. So, so as I set the stage at the beginning of this talk about why I'm in an empty office and we, we're seeing more financings than we've ever seen before. Um, Eugene, as a seed stage investor, what do you think about uh, those valuations? How does it impact your investing strategy uh, over the, the next you know, three to six months if one can dare look out that far? And, and what do you think is coming next in the market, Eugene? It seems like uh, the current market condition is more in favor of founders rather than uh, venture capital uh, because the valuations that we see are a lot higher. I mean, we've seen YC valuations on the seed reach 100 million on some of the companies with uh, no customers yet, only LOIs, which is impressive. Um, at the same time, uh, there is a lot of companies that did their IPOs, SPACs, or something similar to that. And so there's a lot of liquidity out there that needs to be invested. And uh, for diversification, that's why NFT and uh, uh, crypto and all other uh, different uh, aspects of investment became hot is because there's so much capital available and that capital it just drives the prices for everything up, including startups that are raising money. At the same time, one of the big, I think, things that happened over this pandemic is the fact that you have all these people out of Google's, Facebook's, Uber's, and so on, working from home. And they're not only working at Google, Facebook, and so on, but they're actually doing their startups at the same time, which is, uh, I think, one of the other aspects that uh, started coming up because we see a huge influx of startups are in the pre-seed seed stage that started basically over this uh, one year period. So, uh, so there's a push 
uh, definitely on the prices on the pricing of rounds and uh, all VCs have had multiple exits. Um, we had a few exits ourselves and also multiple up rounds over last year. One of our companies had three rounds of financing over the past year uh, where the investors came to them and said, hey, we love what you guys are doing. Here's a term sheet. And uh, the terms are uh, very fluffy. Um, but the question is, how long is this going to last? And uh, I, we currently don't have an answer. I don't know if somebody does. Uh, would love to hear their thoughts. Uh, but currently, the market is very competitive for the right teams and the right ideas and startups. How do you think about valuation, Eugene? Not to put you on the spot, and I am, and feel free to deflect. Um, but um, <laughs> we often see that you know 10x multiple of recurring revenues is some sort of evaluation metric. And at seed stage, oftentimes companies are pre-revenue. They've come to you with yeah. some evidence of product market fit, but there is no revenue. And so that one's out the window. And that's not even a, yeah. a fair valuation metric for many companies. So how do you do it? How do you think about so, it? Yeah, yeah. So we tend to look at two things. One is a total addressable market, Tam. Uh, what's, what's the problem they're solving? How much... Uh, market can they actually uh, get? And obviously, what does the founding team look like? Because when you invest in pre-seed or seed, it's actually more about the actual team than about the actual product necessarily. Yes, the product needs to be there, but it's probably going to have iterations of the product uh, multiple times before they get it right. 